Okay. Um, this, this topic was also quite dear to me. Uh, Sarah gave me a few that I could choose from, and I chose God the Potter because it's just something that has always uh, inspired me and talked to me, and I find it quite an emotional topic, so bear with me. But have you ever watched a potter at their wheel? You know, they take this lump of clay and they put it in the middle of the wheel, they smell the earthiness, and then they add a little bit of water and they start to spin it. And in their hands, this clay changes from a shapeless lump into something else. Now sometimes it's something useful, like a cup or a mug or a bowl, or otherwise it can be something just beautiful. Sometimes both. But we all know sometimes the shape isn't right, it develops a crack, or it just folds in on itself. But you know, then that potter simply puts it back into a pile and in the middle of the wheel and starts again. But you know, there's also times when the clay won't mold in his hands, no matter how hard the potter tries. I meant to say their hands, sorry, in this PC world. And no matter how hard he tries, and it can be discarded. But not for all of us, pottery is easy or pleasant. When I was in college, pottery was a compulsory class. Let's just say I never mastered the wheel. And in fact, all my attempts ended up in the discard bin. But I managed to pass that class because I was fortunate to be friends with Roger Clark, who was brilliant at pottery, and he would sit beside me and he would quickly make a pot and throw it onto my wheel before the teacher came. <laughs> and then be working on his own masterpiece. Fortunately, we had similar initials and the teacher never worked it out. <laughs> to this day, I have little cups and things that were made by Roger under my name. But anyhow, back to our lesson. The potter and what it represents is significant. It's one of the most powerful analogies in the Bible. It's about our transformation and sanctification in the Lord to actually have that analogy of a potter and the clay. The Bible says God is the potter and we are the clay. And it's up to God to mould, transform and sanctify us in this journey, this life. But this only happens when we allow ourselves to be in the potter's hands. And remember, he always allows us free choice. So there's three points I hope to sort of cover today. God the potter, what does he do? And I'm not that good with overheads, guys, so you'll have to bear with me. God the perseverer, how many times does he have to put us back into the middle of that wheel? And then Jesus, the fulfillment of this metaphor. It's actually interesting the number of references in the Bible to the potter but I've just chosen two to look at today. The two up there, I'm sorry, I'm reading them the other way around. Isaiah 64, eight, if you want to quickly find it. I can read Jeremiah first if you're all there, sorry. <laughs> but Isaiah 64, eight says, but now, O Lord, you are our father. We are the clay and you are our potter. We are all the work of your hand. 
such as a simple sentence that says so much. And then Jeremiah 18, 1 to 6. This is the word that came to Jeremiah from the Lord. Go down to the potter's house, and there I will give you a message. So I went down to the potter's house, and I saw him working the wheel. But the pot he was shaping from the clay was marred in his hands. So the potter formed it into another pot, shaping it as it seemed best. Let's look first at Isaiah 64.8. You know, clay can be quite a cheap material in some countries. I don't know if it is here or whether it's quite expensive. But until it's in the hands of a skilled potter, it is nothing. And then the potter makes it have its value. And if you think of clay as a resource, it can be recycled many times. I mean, you're probably an expert, Sarah. You probably put it on and it's done, but do you ever use it time and time again? So how many times until he's satisfied? There's a lot of symbolism there when you consider that God is the potter and we are the clay. Think how many times does he start over with us? I do not know the times I've found myself back in the middle of that wheel. I don't know why, but there are some lessons I struggle to learn, and God's love and persistence gives me hope that he won't give up, and I'm back in the middle of the wheel again. But your life is the work of God's hands, and just like that clay, he moulds us, and he even breaks us when necessary. He refines and shapes, and he uses everything he can to make us valuable for his kingdom. You know, even way back in Genesis 2, 7, it said, and God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed in, into his nostrils and breathed life. You know, dust. And we became a living soul. So clay has been an important ingredient in the whole story with God from the beginning. The Hebrew word for clay is humus. And the word human comes from it. And there's other ancient documents that state that God created man from clay. So there's definitely a real link there. Just a minute, I'll try this. We can see that God is the divine potter. Humanity, or us, we're just lumps of clay in his hands. And he holds us together in the intricacy of his fingers and he extends towards whatever design he may need for our lives on this earth. And think about the times when we experience pressure. It can help if you visualise the divine potter's skillful hands using for good in our life. Trusting him, we echo that prayer of Isaiah. But now, O Lord, you are the father, we are the clay. You are the potter, and all we are the work of your hands. We may bend, but it's God's strength. In God's strength, we will not break or be shattered. Without him, we are easily broken. We are referenced as a jar of clay to point out the weakness without God. And sometimes God does allow us to crack. Do you realise that the hands of the potter symbolises the outer pressure of life? 
the expectations of people, changes, transitions, deadlines. It's these external pressures. If they exert more power in our life than God, our lives will collapse. So he is always holding us. So what is the meaning in Isaiah 64.8? Your life is the work of God's hands. Just like clay in the hand of the potter, he moulds you, makes you, breaks you, refines and shapes. He uses all things. He uses family, friends, teachers, people we meet, everyone who touches our daily lives to shape our thoughts and actions. But this is one of the main reasons we need to be Bible literate. We need to know his word and understand it. Because how can we be sure that what we come in contact with is from him if it does not reflect in his word? We need to be able to not only know his word, but measure the world against it. In Jeremiah, go down to the potter's house and I will give you a message. Can you think of how many times Jeremiah probably walked past the potter's house or knew it was there and didn't go, and yet here he's been instructed to go to the potter's house where he was shaping another pot. Then then, um, Jeremiah says, The word of the Lord came to him. Can I not do with you, Israel, as this potter does, declares the Lord? Like clay in the hand of the potter, so are you in my hand, Israel. So God is not only referring to the fact that he's the potter in our lives, he is in the, he's the potter of the whole of Israel, which is the potter of the whole world. You know, this is such a personal message, and yet it encompasses what he wants to do eventually with Israel. So as Jeremiah watched the potter work, he learned how we should respond to God's work in our lives. The potter worked patiently on the same piece of clay until it became a vessel that was good enough for him. Paul said we should be confident in this very thing, that he who began a work in us will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. So we may feel disfigured or flawed or not worthy or useless, whatever words sometimes fill your um, head. But instead of discarding us, God can reshape us into a vessel that is precious and valuable to him. The Hebrew word for potter is yetzer, and over half the time it occurs in the Old Testament, it's translated as form, fashion, or make. So as the potter has power over the clay, God has power over our circumstances. Vessels have a purpose, and God fashions us into something useful. You know, we experience trials in our lives and sometimes our lives seem quite fragile and that we may break. Um, If you remember the story of Job and how in his suffering he called out to God to remind him that he had made him of clay and therefore he could return to dust. Job said, remember that you moulded me like clay. Will you now turn me to dust? Job hoped that God would recognise his weakness and therefore ease his trials. How many times do we call out to God when we feel anxiety, stress, 
thinking we need to remind him of our weakness or feebleness. It might surprise you to know God knows. And that is why in our weakness, when we lean on him, we actually have strength. It is difficult being shaped on the wheel of life and very painful. Trials can tempt us to become bitter. We can become stiff and hard in his hands. And in the end, God has no other option but to let us go. So we don't want to be one of those. We can see that God is the divine potter. Humanity, or us, is his lump of clay, and he holds us together. Don't mind me, I just went back a page. Sorry. (laughs) I do need them on individual pages next time, Clive. (laughs) Once the pot is made, it must be dry slightly, and then it's trimmed and cut to become a finer pot. And this part of the process can be painful. I mean, we read in the Bible about branches that are trimmed, and pottery is no different. I've been asking the expert. Then the pot is fired. I haven't shown you my pictures. Yep, yep, that's in the fire. During the firing process, pottery is transformed from clay to, to something ceramic that can hold cold and moisture, withstand heat. And it's also when all the impurities come out. So if you look at that with us, as God trims us and cuts us and puts us against the fire, he helps us recognise those impurities and get them out, those things that aren't of his, him. It can be painful and challenging, and we are not finished yet. We are not finished until we are standing in front of him. When we go through the fire, not only once, it can be many times, he refines our faith, our perseverance, and our steadfastness. And it gives us fortitude to withstand the trials and and become testimony of the vessels that we've been crafted to by God. In Jeremiah, the word refers to Israel and God's hands on it. And these references are very important as God not only has us in our hands but the whole earth and he hasn't finished with us yet. We sung today the song, The Potter's Hand. It's a beautiful song of longing for the Lord to have his hands on our lives. I don't know uh, whether singing the song affected you, whether you find the song uh, calls to your heart or not. I've written the words here, I won't go through them again, but when you look at the lyrics, what did you feel when you sung them? Does the Holy Spirit speak to you and draw your heart to them? Do you feel like you're actually praying, Lord, fill me, take me, mould me, make me yours? And is it something that you reach for? I can't help it, I always cry through the song, but it's been an important song for us in our family Um, I think I've talked before about Sam, our youngest son, who found that God interfered with his social life for a few years when he was 18. And we could only watch and pray that he would stay safe and not do anything that would have lifelong consequences. And I remember trying to talk to him about God and his life, and he would refuse to listen. But God was still faithful in shaping Sam, even though he didn't know it. 
He never crossed the line. He never did drugs. He couldn't understand what stopped him. He wasn't into one-night stands, which his friends were, excuse me. Um, but God had given him a conscience and he, an, an internal understanding of right and wrong. And even in his rebellion, God was working in him. And it used to frustrate him. <laughs> a friend took him to night church once, and his journey with God restarted. When he asked to be baptised, he chose this song as important to him. And the simple words gave him hope. And in, he has gone on in his journey with God, which is a real blessing, and I'm grateful to God for it. But my final point today is about Jesus. You know, Jesus is the point of the whole effort that we have. Everything we do, we need to remember to look to him. God came down to earth and became clay. He was willing to be put on the potter's wheel and go through the fire for us. Through his grace and unconditional love for us, he suffered and went to the cross. So I know we're all in the potter's hands. We can, of course, make one of two choices. We can choose to be soft and pliable, we can choose to hold on to him and try and become better and serve. Or we can become stubborn and stiff and bitter and useless to the kingdom. It's a path we need to choose to be more pliable in his hand. But don't kid yourselves, it's a choice you have to make every day, every circumstance, every thought, and it can be challenging. I leave you with three questions to ponder. Are you actively resisting his refining in any area of your life? You will need to ask him this. They are often blind areas where we think we're okay, but God knows they're a little block for the next thing he wants to lead us into. Don't be afraid. If he shows it to you, he will also help you through it. Are you prepared to go back on the wheel and let him reshape parts of your life? But firstly, have you submitted your life to the potter's hand? Anyhow, bless you all. Thank you.